This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So Tucker dropped a bombshell on his show last night asking the question all of us should be asking right now. And a lot of people have kind of been, you know, skirting around it a little bit. What if Twitter, the well, not the entire time, but what if Twitter morphed into really the world's largest intel gathering operation, kind of no different than TikTok, just working for our intel people. Has anybody considered that? It's a crazy show today. A lot of material. Don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. You don't like big tech and government spying on what you do online? Get a VPN. Use the one I use. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I've got that. I've got spectacular video out of Capitol Hill of the cancel culture language police people just getting wrecked by a Republican congresswoman, too. And I'll tell you what it really means. Don't go anywhere. Stack show today. Today's show brought to you by Relief Band. This saved me, this product. When I was going through chemo, you get nausea a lot. It sucks. I hated it. Uh, this is the one thing I could use. It was guaranteed to shut it down right away. This is my actual Relief Band. It's the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband. It's been clinically proven. To quickly relieve, quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and more. Whether you need everyday relief or just an occasional cure from nausea, their patented technology makes feeling sick a thing of the past. It's like the name says. Relief band is legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea. It's really that simple. I can tell you firsthand, it works. It worked for me. It worked as soon as I turned it on. If you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. We've got an exclusive offer just for Dan Bongino Show listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to Relief Band, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D, reliefband.com, and use our promo code Bongino for 20% off plus free shipping. Go today. All right, Joseph, let's go. No binders or fillers. No, 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 not for this show. No. Not today. No, no need. The theme of today's show, if we, uh, you know, I haven't had a lot of themes lately. It's going to be this. The deep state is metastasizing, but I'm convinced, ladies and gentlemen, convinced that things are changing. There's a U-turn happening now as more people get, you know, clockwork orange style eyeballs opening up and they see mm. what's going on. To, yeah, I know. Remember that? The, that was, yeah. the book's amazing. The movie, yeah, not so much. Some people Tucker dropped an absolute bombshell last night on his show. He asked a question a lot of people are asking about Twitter, given that the Twitter files have been exposed. I know that you may think, oh, this story's getting old, but the angles to it are so vast and important to the future of this country and the Constitutional Republic that they simply can't be ignored. So let's just get right to it. I'm going to break this up into two clips. Here's question number one. Where Tucker goes through the list of people Twitter's hired over the past few months and years, and they all have something in common, Joe. They're all either senior law enforcement people in the FBI, foreign intelligence people, or intelligence people. It's almost as if intel people gravitated towards Twitter. 
So strange how all that happened. Listen to this list right here. Check this out. Who would you hire? Well, obviously, since it's a tech business, you would hire tech people, coders, software engineers to keep the place running. Then you'd hire administrative staff because you had to, some lawyers, a caterer, a flack or two, maybe an interior decorator if you wanted HQ to look good. But how many spies would you hire? Well, probably none. Spies have nothing to do with the mission of a social media company. They would not be needed. And you wouldn't hire any opera singers either. Yet, for some reason, Twitter seemed to need an awful lot of spies. The upper ranks of Twitter, we now know, were absolutely loaded with people who once did intel work for government agencies. At least 15 of these people, and possibly many more. Most of them were hired in the wake of Donald Trump's election. Now, let me just say, I got a little bit of experience in the law enforcement space on the federal side. When guys leave, when they left the Secret Service, some of them, very few, would go into kind of executive protection afterwards. Say, well, why, why so few, Dan? You guys protected the president. Wouldn't you be perfect as executive protection specialist? The answer is, guys don't want to do that again. Once you do it for the president, it's kind of hard to do it for Joey Bag of Donuts, you know, the, the country singer. It's just not the same. You have no assets, so guys don't do it. But guys would go in, so some of them would. Very few, but some of them would. Most of them would go and work for banks and financial institutions. Why? Because I don't know if you know it or not, but the Secret Service does a ton of financial crime, counterfeit, credit card fraud. That's our thing. Why would they go over there? Because they had experience in the space, having investigated these cases for upwards of 20 years. What the hell are all these intel people going over to a microblog site? Does it have something to do with the fact that the press use it to gather their own intelligence? The press use it as a modern day drudge report before he we went crazy. The press, I know, I go there too. Go to Twitter, they follow certain people, they scroll down in little micro blog fashion because you have to put it in neat, neat little nuggets. You can't roll on, roll on, on, on like Facebook. And you can put your entire show together and write your story, almost what you see off Twitter. Wouldn't it be great to control all that? It's kind of like the public consciousness, Joe. It's almost like the movie that's playing that we're all collectively watching is scrolling through Twitter in live time. Wouldn't it be amazing to control the public consciousness all at once, just like that. Yeah. How they all gravitated way over to Twitter. Now, again, if I didn't have experience in this space, understanding where these former law enforcement guys go and don't go, and intel guys, I'd say to you, okay, no big deal. Maybe one guy talked to another guy who talked to another guy. But all of these people finding their way over to Twitter, it's almost as if it worked out perfectly. It's almost as if they were winked and nodded at and told, hey, you know, be really great if you went over to Twitter. I mean, we could keep talking after you leave. You know what I'm saying? Here's Tucker explaining part two of this. And this is the kick in the gonads that you really need to protect yourself against because this one's going to hurt. No cup. Twitter is a treasure trove of information, too. So it's not just that Intel people, governments, foreign and domestic, would find an interest in controlling the movie we're all watching on Twitter in live time the narrative, whatever you'd like to call it. But think of the treasure trove of information. For those of you who aren't familiar with Twitter, and some of you may not be, there's a back-end portion of Twitter called DMs, direct messages. You don't post it publicly. It's kind of like an email system. It's really no different. Someone follows you and they're open to DMs, you can send them DMs. A lot of people do that. A lot of people who want access to public figures and press people, what they'll do is they'll DM them. A lot of people who are in the law enforcement intel domain may have used DMs, may have spoken on that back channel to people in the press and given up a whole lot of information. 
And now we find out Twitter possibly can read those DMs and may have a library of them. My gosh, that would be a treasure trove of info, wouldn't it? Listen to Tucker explain just that. What were these people doing all day at what was supposedly a social media company? Well, that's the question, isn't it? We know that James Baker came from the FBI. He's been accused of secretly censoring incriminating internal files before Elon Musk could release them to the public. Baker was fired for that. So that's some of what James Baker was doing at Twitter. But how about Charles Smith of Twitter's Trust and Safety Department? Smith joined Twitter after working at U.S. Cyber Command. Hmm. Or how about Jeff Tokodger, formerly a director of Naval Counterintelligence? What was he doing? Or Kevin Michalina or Doug Hunt or Mark Jaruzewski or Douglas Turner, or Karen Walsh, Russell Handor, Vincent Lucera. All of these people once worked for the FBI as well. Their colleague Jeff Carlton came from the CIA. Patrick Conlon once worked at the NSA and so on. And it wasn't just American intel officers who found a home at Twitter. The company hired foreign spies, too. In January, Peter Zatko was fired from his position as Twitter's head of security. Reportedly, Zatko lost his job because he complained about the level of control that foreign intelligence agencies had over virtually all of Twitter's operations. According to Zatko, there were operatives on Twitter's payroll from other governments, including China and India, and they had access to private user data. And those are just the details that we know about. Elon Musk was asked recently how many former FBI agents are currently employed by Twitter, but he wouldn't say. It's all pretty weird. Could it be that while the rest of us imagined that Twitter was a social media site, a place to vent about politics and sports and the Kardashians, could it be that Twitter was actually, maybe primarily, a propaganda tool and intelligence gathering apparatus for a variety of intel agencies? Okay, there's a lot there. So time out, red flag. Let's go under the hood for review here. Let me tell you what I know. I know Tucker's people well, his producers and his crew. Matter of fact, up at Fox, my team for Unfiltered and Tucker's team sit right next to each other. Gee, can you attest to that? One group here, Tucker's group there. So we kind of know each other. Tucker's team is very good. They have some of the best sources in the business. Why? Because it's the biggest cable news show on television. So if you want to break a story, obviously, you go to the largest audience. So Tucker gets a lot of these scoops first. Why am I telling you that? Not telling you that to kiss Tucker's team's butts. No interest in doing that. They're nice people, but I'm telling you that because if you think Tucker just randomly brought up this story because he's speculating, he's like, oh, whatever. Twitter might be the world's largest intel gathering and propaganda tool. You're crazy. You would be bananas. There's a reason he's saying this. Clearly, and I haven't, I haven't been up there, I haven't been up in about a week or so, so I haven't spoken about this story. But I'm telling you from experience, I have zero doubt that they got a tip on this. They clearly know something. Twitter is a treasure trove of information. The direct messages on Twitter are invaluable. Can you imagine the contact networks you can put together by seeing who people are direct messaging off the public grid on Twitter? Dude. Second, oh yeah, the propaganda value of having the world's largest movie narrative playing on the Twitter timeline at any given time. Every single prominent media person, journalist, fake news specialist, they're all blue check mark Twitter, Twitter people. They all read and respond to each other. What better way to influence what the world is talking about than to have your own intel people embedded like ticks deep inside of Twitter? 
Third, DMs, propaganda. Folks, it was obviously a super PAC for the Democrats. What better way than to get your deep state intelligence people protected against the Donald Trumps of the world and the drain the swamp people than to implant your deep state people inside of Twitter, wink and nod at them to go over there and influence operations over there to keep anyone looking to clean the deep state out from being able to broadcast their stuff on Twitter. Folks, I'm asking you to put two and two together, and I'm not trying to insert myself in the story. I didn't do it. They did. Don't you find it odd that the two people they released who were attacked by Twitter were me and Charlie Kirk, the guy who wrote the book called Spygate and Follow the Money about the deep state, uh, this guy, and then Charlie Kirk, who was probably the most influential conservative when it comes to young students and the next generation. You don't find that weird? And then who do they ban from Twitter? Donald Trump, the clean, the drain the swamp guy, the clean up the mess guy. Tucker's people did not throw this in the show because they were running out of a segment. We're like, oh, let's just throw that in there. That didn't happen. This also explains a lot. If Twitter is one giant government international propaganda tool and intel gathering operation, whether de facto or de jure, it explains the continued freakout by the left, trying to shut Elon down, threatening investigations, panicking publicly. It also explains some on the left who probably understand they're in DMs too and otherwise, and other things, if you know what I mean, emails and otherwise. It explains the Ro Khanna Ted Lieu 180, where some liberals all of a sudden are like, hey, we got to defend free speech in the Constitution. Really? You never said that before. Why are you saying it now? Are you guys implicated in this? Do you have DMs out there? Do you have emails with Twitter? I'd like to know. I don't believe any Democrat who's done a U-turn on this on free speech. The Democrats have never believed in free speech up on Capitol Hill, ever. All of a sudden, they're converts. The Enlightenment hit. The road to Damascus happened. Doubt it. It explains this by Jack, too. So Jack, who's a former CEO and co-founder of Twitter, he's at Jack on Twitter. He put up a link to this. It's like a kind of Substack thing, like a blog. And I want you to notice what he wrote. He's freaking out over Elon releasing this information. First, he has to get the, the obvious in there. I continue to believe there was no ill intent or hidden agendas and everyone acted accordingly, the best information we had at the time. Will you please stop, Jack? I don't know this guy. Again, I, he's like one of these wannabe bohemians with the big long beard and the nose ring and he's trying to pretend to be the cool guy. I don't wear the suits guy, whatever. I get it. Like, do, do your thing, Jack. But please stop the BS. The Twitter files are clear. You had no reason to ban Donald Trump. Your people told you that in the Slack messages, and you guys banned him anyway. That's just a fact. Stop pretending you had no ill intent. You told people on the record, Jack, that there was no shadow banning when my account was shadow banned and called ridiculously not safe for work. Charlie Kirk was put on a deamplification list. People still can't find my account on Twitter. By the way, I'm at D-B-O-N-G-I-N-O. If you'd like to follow me, you're going to have to do it direct because it's still hard to find me on Twitter. The accounts are shadow men. You're lying. So why put this out there? Because clearly Jack knows there's more to come. I'll put up a, uh, don't let me forget, the Elon post at the end of the show about Fauci. 
There's more to come, and I think this is going to get a lot worse. But here, I want you to read the second part of what Jack wrote on the link. He linked to this on Twitter. First, he tries to absolve themselves of any blame. We see that. And then he writes back to principles. Of course, governments want to shape and control the public conversation and will use every method at their disposal to do so, including the media. And the power of corporation wheels to do the same is only growing. It's critical people have tools to resist this. The tools are ultimately owned by the people. Oh, so fascinating that he brings this up now. You see, you see what he's doing here, guys? He's acknowledging because he understands as this information comes out that Twitter was linking shields, linking fingers, linking hands, linking arms with big government, suppressing and censoring free speech all the while they pretended to be the good guys. He's writing it right there. Of course, government wants to shape and control the public conversation. He's trying to get out ahead of the story. We could be looking at the biggest First Amendment scandal in American history easily. Yeah, I, I, he says it right, Joe. He Jack writes as if he had nothing to do with this, as if yeah. he wasn't the co-founder, as if he wasn't the CEO, and as if he wasn't a major equity stakeholder in Twitter. Like, this just happened, and he was like, oh, yeah, man. Like, he had no idea what was going on. I love the way he does this. Like, he puts himself in the third person here. This guy, Jack, man, he should have really, oh, that's me. I mean, this is insane. This is crazy. Now, here's the next shooter drop, folks. The next shoe to drop here is how deep does this rabbit hole go in this First Amendment scandal? We obviously know, according to the Twitter files, that Twitter was knee deep with the government and suppressing free speech in clear violation, clear violation of civil liberties. Matter of fact, there's a great piece in the Wall Street Journal by Philip Hamburger about how there may actually be criminal penalties here if they can prove that the government deputized Twitter and Twitter complied with censoring speech. That there, there may be criminal liability here. Now, it won't be under this Justice Department, but maybe another one. It's a good piece. I encourage you to check it out. But the next shoe to drop is how deep does this rabbit hole go? Folks, how many companies were involved in this other than Twitter? How many Intel people were working at Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat? I mean, Twilio, Shopify, YouTube, Google. How deep does this rabbit hole go? Folks, I'm doing a pretty exhaustive analysis with my Fox team. We're going to put a monologue together for your show. We're almost done with it now uh, for the show on Saturday night at 9. I'm not trying to tease it. It's just a lot of work. I'm going to show you Saturday night at 9 how this rabbit hole is a lot deeper than you think. This wasn't just Twitter that may have been engaged in government-sponsored propaganda and intel gathering and censorship. It was a lot of other companies, too. The only question is, how deep is their government involvement? It's going to blow your mind, this monologue, Saturday night. thought of it the other day, and I'm like, we are rocking and rolling with this. The country needs to see exactly what's going on, how it's not, not just Twitter. I told you the theme of today's show is a deep state's metastasizing, but I'm sensing a U-turn coming with this Elon deal. I want to get to more of that in a second. Uh, this woman, Vanita Gupta, who's very dangerous inside government, something they're up to if you're pro-life, and a look at what's happening in our border, and it's just an astonishing exchange up on Capitol Hill. Liberal cancel culture uh, uh, guy, guy getting totally racked up on Capitol Hill. It's incredible. All right, let me get to this first. Omaha Steaks, we are an Omaha Steaks household because we love Omaha Steaks. They're delicious. 
Folks, the holidays are here, achieving gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use code BONGINO at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress, like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon's air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code BONGINO at checkout. That's B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that'll be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Get 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code BONGINO at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Thanks, Omaha Steaks. Food's delicious. Give it a shot. The holidays should be very impressed. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Folks, they have weaponized government. The only question is how deep, again, is it? How many social media companies, tech companies, how many people have been used and abused by the government as deputies for censorship, for propaganda, to act as super PACs for Democrats? We know the DOJ right now is fully corrupted. We know that. And I can only hope and pray that if the Republican president, hopefully coming into office after winning the 2024 election, knock on wood, that there is a massive house cleaning, no exceptions. If you are even remotely political and your allegiance is to your party first and the Constitution second, you've got to go. There can be, as I said to you before, folks, here's how we fix this. You do not give the Democrats and the media, although I just said the same thing twice, one second to breathe on this. You fire someone when the story, Joe, when the story breaks in the New York Times and they lose their minds, fire seven or eight more. Yep. So by the time they've tried to like gather the rage machine for the first person fired, you're on person six and seven. I'm not kidding. It is the most tactically efficient way to clean house and government. You've got to rip the Band-Aid off, get rid of all of them, and do it day after day after day so the media runs out of ways to write the story. They do it to us, we'll do it to them. Here's why. Read this article in the Daily Signal. It's in my newsletter. It's Bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to follow the newsletter, it's worth your time. It's free, of course. Vanita Gupta, who I have had the unfortunate, unfortunate experience of meeting, I spoke at a uh, police use of force hearing up on Capitol Hill, and Vanita Gupta proceeded to, again, get up there and testify and gaslight everyone about the hunting of black men and by police. Oh, I mean, just she had the liberal talking points right in front of her. She's just not an honest person, okay? Vanita Gupta is in the Justice Department now. She actually admitted, she admitted that the uh, that they're targeting pro-lifers after uh, the Dobbs decision where Roe v. Wade was overturned. 
She notes uh, she was talking about how they're using the FACE Act, that this FACE Act, it basically means you can't block access to uh, to some reproductive health, as they call it, clinic. But that applies to pro-life clinics, too. Uh, crisis pregnancy centers and other things. But it's kind of strange that, as they note in the Daily Signal piece, 98 Catholic churches and 77 pregnancy resource centers and other pro-life organizations have been attacked since May. But the DOJ has not charged a single person in connection with these attacks. Meanwhile, the DOJ Civil Rights Division and Vanita Gupta have charged 26 pro-life individuals with FACE Act violations this year. They admit to it. This is third world stuff. This is the kind of stuff you see in collapsed third world pseudo fake republics and actual dictatorships where they weaponize the law to go after their political opponents. You're seeing it right now. It's here. And we're running out of time to stop it. When we get in office, hopefully, and swear in in 2025, it is time for a massive house cleaning right away. Do not let them get their breath. All of these people have got to go immediately. Your government has been hijacked. And apparently so have social media companies too. Folks, they're doing all this while weaponizing our government. This weaponizing of government forgive me, is being done all while they destroy our economy and our border too. I'm going to cover this in the weekend show as well. How this was called a conspiracy theory a long time ago. The Democrats, let me get this straight with you. The Democrats love affair with replacement theory. It's their thing. They talk about it all the time. I'm not going to play the videos. I played them a thousand times. Dick Durbin, Julian Castro, and others talking about how demographic destiny, the New York Times op-ed, we can replace them. This is their thing. It's why they're obsessed with an open border. It's their thing. Just look it up. It's their words everywhere. They are obsessed with this open border while they weaponize government. I want you to look at this video by Bill Malugin from Fox. It's short. Sorry if you listen to an audio. It's very short, though. But go watch it on Rumble. It's about 10 seconds of what the El Paso sector of our border looks like right now. Tell me again, please, how this is a border and not just a suggestion, and I'll laugh in your face. Check this out. He's like, it's a lot of people. Yeah, you think? They're just lining up. There are no border controls at all. Do you ever say to yourself, you guys have traveled, you've been overseas. You come back, you got to sit in customs. Have you ever said to yourself, like, why am I wasting my time? Why am I doing this? I could just travel into Mexico and walk right in. What's the point? This is how bad things have gotten here. Even the hacks in the media, the hacks in the media are starting to realize they've got a problem with the border. Biden is the most corrupt, grotesque human being to ever sit at the resolute desk in the Oval Office. The worst. He has no character or dignity at all and no power to stand up to the left. The left owns this guy. And I'm talking about the radical left. They want open borders. Keep Trust me on this. He will do nothing. They want this. Here's even ABC News acknowledging that this is a growing catastrophe. Take a look. You can see there are still hundreds of people behind me waiting to be processed by Border Patrol. Some people even lighting fires to try and stay warm. George, I can tell you I've been reporting in this exact spot in Ciudad Juarez for years now on migration. I have never seen anything quite like this. You know, you, you may say to yourself, well, what's the big deal? Folks, that's a big deal. ABC, NBC, CBS, New York Times, Washington Post, right? The big five right there. They are obviously, clearly propagandists for the left. 
for them to acknowledge that this is not only a crisis, but a crisis they haven't seen in modern times, and for one of their reporters to do it, trust me when I tell you is a big deal. Something's happening inside where they're even starting to hear from Democrats, not the liberal nuts, but more the center swing of the party. Hey, listen, this can't possibly continue. This can't continue. We're getting feedback from constituents. They don't want to see this anymore. Folks, this is all about power to them. Again, just listen to them. Read their op-eds. New York Times, we can replace them. Demographic destiny. This is their thing. What's driving them crazy is Hispanic voters, especially Venezuelan voters, Cuban voters, and even a lot of Puerto Rican voters now are starting to move over to the Republican Party. It's driving them crazy because they're obsessed with the idea of demographic destiny. Just go look up Dick Durbin, any Democrat, Chuck Schumer. They have discussed this repeatedly, repeatedly. They're obsessed with an open border. Meanwhile, people who would vote Republican Venezuelans, do you notice the Biden administration's targeted them specifically? Kind of strange, right? It's all about power to them. They will bring this place to its knees. And the gaslighter in chief, folks, he's not only destroying our border while he weaponizes our government, works with social media companies to propagandize people. That's not just it. There's more. He is... in. He is absolutely, resolutely committed to destroying our economy, too, and lying to you as it burns to the ground. So yesterday, the number popped. Uh, CPI number came out at 7.1% inflation. Again, a number that would be the worst in 40 years if it wasn't for the last number and the last number. This guy manages to go out, Biden, yesterday, after 7.1% inflation pops, and he's taking some kind of victory lap as if he did something special and, and, and warrants a pat on the back. I'm going to get to that in a second and show you the outright lie to your face. Let me get to my next sponsor. for Lied right to your face. Folks, from supply chain issues to increased demand, on top of everything else that business owners have to manage, the businesses who are thriving right now are the ones who are forward thinking. Podium helps your small business stay ahead of the curve with modern messaging tools that make it easy for your customers to connect with your business. From healthcare providers to plumbers, over 100,000 businesses are texting with customers through Podium, P-O-D-I-U-M. With Podium's all-in-one inbox, you can do even more than just chat. Get more online reviews by sending an easy-to-use link, collect payments fast from anywhere, and send marketing campaigns that actually get a response, all by sending a quick text. See how Podium can grow your business. Watch a demo today at podium.com slash Bongino. Podium.com slash Bongino, P-O-D-I-U-M. That's Podium.com slash Bongino. Let's grow. Take advantage of it before your competitors do. Podium.com slash Bongino. Check it out. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. I want you to listen to this. This is Biden yesterday in one of the most bizarre. I've never seen anything like this. This guy makes Obama look like uh, look like a, like a Ronald Reagan acolyte. I mean, he's the. I've never seen a more incompetent buffoon lie about everything. Here he is talking about the seven point one percent inflation, 
and bizarrely claiming that your wages are going up while all this is happening. Take a listen. For the last several months, wages have gone up more than prices have gone up. Wages have gone up more than prices have gone up. Folks, it's one thing again to, to lie. It's another thing as a president of the United States to look into a camera and lie to your face about something so easily refutable. This is a screenshot of my phone. You'll notice I went to Google. I went to Google on purpose. So you can't accuse me of going to some right-wing bias search engine. Google is to the left of Vladimir Lenin. Google you know, makes Twitter look like true social, okay? So I went to Google as a favor to you. And I put, that's, just, that's my actual phone screenshot. I put in the search, uh, the search uh, a feature right there. Real wages down. This is an actual screenshot of my phone. Here's what comes right up. No confusion. From November 2021 to November of 2022, real average hourly earnings decreased 1.2% seasonally adjusted. Didn't Biden just tell you real wages are up? The man isn't. Yeah, right. It's where's it from? The BLS. Exactly. Bureau of their own government. The man is an unrepentant, corrupt, totally undignified liar with zero character. He's been a liar his entire life. Hat tip zero hedge. They even put together this handy chart. Real average weekly earnings. In other words, how much money you're making in real terms, not nominal terms in relationship to inflation. It's been down for the last 20 months. The chart's right there. Does this guy ever tell the truth about anything? Now, we know he's a plagiarist. We know he's a liar. I graduated with three degrees at the top of my class on a full scholarship. Not, you made all that up. I met Angelo on Amtrak. You didn't. I got arrested seeing Mandela. You didn't. You plagiarized Neil Kinnock's speech. Your son was knee deep in an international scandal selling your name. The guy is the most corrupt, undignified human being we've ever seen. The Ashley Biden diary, which was disgusting. He's just a liar. He's an unrepentant liar. And he will never stop lying to you. All right, a couple other things I want to get to. As I said to you in the beginning of the show, the weaponizing of government in conjunction with this liar in the White House and the use of social media companies is either intel gathering operations, propaganda operations, or both. It's not just Twitter. Here's a little tease about what's coming this weekend. I want you to check this piece out about PayPal, how PayPal is being used. Again, as kind of a social credit scoring system. Hey, uh, we don't like your business, how you're processing payments. You're uh, risky. What does risky mean? Oh, well, uh, you guys conservatives or something like that? Folks, listen, I have a company out there. You know, I hate plugs. I don't bother you guys with it a lot. We are not technically an alternative to PayPal. We're more of an alternative to Stripe, just so you know. But if you're processing payments on your website with your business, I strongly encourage you to dump Stripe and use us. ParallelEconomy.com is a website. Listen, I don't need any more money. That's not what this is about. You will be canceled. It's only a matter of time. What you're seeing with Twitter and all the cancellations and shadow banning is coming to you next. Read this story about PayPal if you think I'm kidding. You're going to be knee-deep with these payment processes. And you're going to find yourself holding a bag. Check us out. We don't cancel anyone for political ideology. It's ParallelEconomy.com. Join us today. We'd be happy to help. 
It's not going to summon. This is just a tease of what I'm going to be bringing to you on Saturday night. These other companies that are doing this too. Okay. This big government war, folks, and the weaponizing of government, there are specific tactics you got to learn to recognize. And there are ways to fight back. You know Saul Alinsky's rules? We can use them too. He had rules for radicals, way to organize a small but vocal group of people against a larger force. Oh, yeah. Force. Well, I got Alinsky coming up next. But I want you to be, I want you to learn to recognize these tactics. One of the things that Joe and I have been discussing in these seven years, eight years we've been doing the show is how the war on language is a very, very discreet, powerful, tactical weapon the left uses. And it uses the war on language for two reasons. War on language, I mean the redefinition of terms mid-game. They move the goalposts mid-game to keep you off guard. That's number one. This is the two reasons this war on language exists. And secondly, they do it mid-game to keep you off guard, to put you outside of the perimeter of acceptable conversation. I'll, I'll give you the example I've given a thousand times, but I'll say it again. I was on the air once at WMAL doing a morning show. And I was told that morning that there was a new, whatever, uh, leftist group out there that put out this edict that the term now was either gay or homosexual. I don't remember which one. And whichever one you use, if it wasn't the right one, you were a homophobe. And I thought, gosh, that's interesting. That changed this morning. So you could harbor no ill feelings whatsoever. Uh, towards these, uh, uh, towards people who were gay, none, and yet all of a sudden you were put outside the perimeter of acceptable conversation. If you happen to use the term, they just don't. They tell you it's power. You own the language, man. You own everything. Everything. It puts you instantly outside of the perimeter of acceptable conversation and makes you look at him. Look at that. Look at Joe. Big Ed. That's what they do. It's just done on purpose. Christopher Rufo put this tweet out the other day. Did you see this? Cambridge Dictionary just dropped the new definition of the word woman. Oh, they did. Because I thought a woman was an adult human female. I'm pretty sure that's only been the definition for like forever. Here's the new definition. New. An adult who lives and identifies as female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth, i.e. she was the first trans woman elected to national office, Mary is a woman who was assigned male at birth. No, 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 no. That's not, that's, that's, that's not the definition of a woman. That, that, that's not it. It's an adult human female. You see the war on language? How it slowly, slowly progresses and you get to the point where you find yourself being labeled a bigot by people who are just doing this as a political tactic to put you outside of the realm of acceptable conversation? None. And I mean, none of this is by accident. Learn to recognize the tactics and learn to recognize the tools to fight back. And one of the tools to fight back, believe it or not, are Saul Alinsky's rules. Saul Alinsky was no friend to freedom and liberty. His rules for radicals were designed for radicals. Small groups of people who, fighting a bigger, larger, probably more organized force, he gave them rules to be able to take them down. The rules, ladies and gentlemen, work. One of the most important rules is his fourth one. Make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. If they're going to tell you it's a rule, then you damn well better live up to it too. So in other words, if you're going to say, hey, the new rules are of acceptable conversation or this, words are violence and violence isn't words, then we're going to go and analyze your words. 
And we're going to point out the violence there too and make you live up to your own book of rules. I'll tell you what I mean coming up in a minute with this amazing clip. I broke it into three short pieces. Nancy Mace up on Capitol Hill, just destroying this leftist activist, trying to claim that, you know, Republicans and conservatives are inciting violence with their words. This is just glorious to watch. Let me get to our last sponsor first. There's only two weeks left for Christmas and the holiday season sale for GenuCell. Uh, check it out. Go today. Paula, my mother-in-law, are big fans of GenuCell products. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package is 70% off at GenuCell.com slash Dan, G-E-N-U-C-E-L. Treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those troubling forehead wrinkles, fine lines, skin redness, pesky bags and puffiness, and yes, even a sagging jawline disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's most popular collection. With its immediate effect, with, the, with its immediate effects, see results in less than 12 hours, guaranteed, or your money back. And included in every most popular package is your free hyaluronic acid serum for skin hydration that'll restore your youthful appearance. Visit genucell.com slash Dan now and enter my special code Dan for an additional 10% off your entire order. Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. Guaranteed delivery by Christmas. That's genucell.com slash Dan. Genucell.com slash Dan. Check it out today. You're going to love it. Uh, thanks, Genucell. We appreciate it. Remember that Alinsky rule. The enemy has a rule about violent rhetoric. Your political opponent has a rule about violent rhetoric or what they perceive to be violent rhetoric. Probably a good thing if you point out their rhetoric too and make them live up to it. I want you to watch this. This is Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace. She's up on Capitol Hill at this hearing about violent rhetoric. And of course, it's meant to target conservatives, which is always the case. So she does something really smart here. She opens up the hearing. And what you're going to hear is all of the leftist activists at this hearing. She gets them all on the record answering yes or no about how they feel violent rhetoric is a problem. And she gets them on the record first. Super smart. She sets them up. So I want you to listen to this part first. Check this out. Is rhetoric on social media a problem and a threat to our democracy, Mr. Ward? Yes, absolutely. Mr. Siegel? Yes. Ms. Caraballo? Yes. Ms. Numani? Yes. Ms. Tyler? Yes. Yes. Um, Another question I have. uh, Do you believe that rhetoric targeting officials with violence for carrying out their constitutional duties um, is a threat to democracy, Mr. Ward? Mr. Siegel. Yes. 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 Okay, I want to play that for you on purpose, and I broke that out separately, because this is brilliant. If you're going to follow Alinsky's rules, which you should, and you're going to get them, you're going to get them on the record. You want to get them on the record about what their rule is. Do you believe X? Okay. Yes, yes, you're under oath. Yes, I do. You do? You believe that violent rhetoric can cause violence out there and people should refrain from that? Okay. Well, here's one of the liberal activists, Alejandro Caraballo. So Nancy Mace proceeds to pull out some blow-ups of some of her tweets. Remember, she believes in stopping all the violent rhetoric. 
I want you to listen to this exchange. This is just glorious. Check this out. Only a few weeks after the attempted attack on a Supreme Court justice on June 25th, one of the witnesses, Alejandra Caraballo, tweeted out the following in response to a decision on abortion overturning Roe v. Wade. And I'll quote directly from the tweet. The six justices who overturned Roe should never no peace again. It is our civic duty to accost them every time they're in public. They are pariahs. Since women don't have their rights, these justices should never have a peaceful moment in public again. Should never have a peaceful moment in public again. Gosh, hmm. Joe, that sounds like you could be inciting violence. Never have a peaceful moment. I mean, yeah, you and I aren't, you know, threat analysts anymore or anything like that. I mean, we're not psychotherapists, but that kind of sounds to me like the exact kind of rhetoric the lefty activists would call out themselves. So strange. So now, of course, Alejandro Caraballo's caught off guard. Like, my gosh, it kind of got me there on Alinsky rule number four. So here's a little tactic. I like for you to understand the tactics. You can get ahead of these too. The tactic the left uses when they're busted, which is pretty much all the time, is they say, well, my tweets are being taken out of context, <laughs> to which you should respond immediately. What other context and not having another peaceful moment in their lives? How else can someone re give us, please, another context? We would love to hear it and watch them spin and play the euphemisms game. Listen to Alejandro Caraballo use the context scam here. Check this out. So my last question today of Ms. Caraballo, do you stand by these comments? this kind of rhetoric on social media? And do you believe it's a threat to democracy? Thank you, Representative, for the opportunity to clarify and provide context to my tweets. <clears throat> um, I have a question, is it yes or no? Do you believe your rhetoric is a threat to democracy when you're calling to accost a branch of government, the Supreme Court? I don't believe that's a correct uh, characterization of my tweeted, statements. Though. Did you not tweet that? that you thought that the Supreme Court justices should be accosted. Did what I'm saying is that, that, yes that no? is not an accurate characterization of my statements. No one's character. No one's characterizing or said they just read it. Yeah. Nancy Mace isn't characterizing anything. You know, I hate the word literally, but she's literally reading her own tweets. There's no characterizing of anything. Nancy Mace did the country a huge favor here, folks. This is how you fight back against these people. You take Alinsky's rules and you use them yourself. Make them live up to their own standards. Why? It degrades their credibility in public because they don't have any with us. But it's not us that matter. Yeah, 40% of America considers themselves conservatives, probably on the low end. But regardless, just roll with me. They're never going to vote for these people on the left anyway. However, there are about 20% in the middle there that are persuadable. And believe me, they can be persuaded when you point out the fact that these people who are lecturing them, that 20% of persuadables, have no credibility themselves on the issue. The other 40% just care about hierarchy, 40, 40, 20. The, the leftists just care about, the total radical leftists only care about hierarchy and power. They don't care about being exposed as hypocrites at all. I can't say that enough. But there are people in that middle chunk that are. You can still make a dent there. I promise. All right. Uh, I got a lot more that I want to get to here. Folks, there's no longer any question. I'm going to do this quick because I want to get to the, uh, the FTX Sam Bankman Freed thing yesterday. It happened up on Capitol Hill. Maxine Waters just really suspiciously. You, Joe, you saw the clip trying yeah. to kind of shut down the hearings. Like, uh, everybody Whoops. shut up. We're done. Uh, no, we're not. We haven't asked our questions yet. Kind of strange, right? But just quickly, um, 
there's no longer any question, kind of tying back to the beginning of the show, so we put this in a bow for you, that the FBI and the government interfered in two consecutive presidential elections. There's no longer any question about that, 2016 and 2020. It's likely that we're already preparing to interfere in 2024 as well. Hence my demand that any Republicans who get into office immediately house clean and fire everyone in the FBI and DOJs who's involved in this nonsense. Little just kind of going back in time to the time machine. November 1st, 2016, folks, just days before the 2016 Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton election. Look at this, New York mag. Final October surprises reveal the FBI is probing Trump's alleged Russia ties by Margaret Hartman. You can read the article yourself. There's no doubt that someone in the FBI leaked that before the election to try to steal the election away from Donald Trump. Why am I bringing this up now? Because this Breitbart article popped a couple days ago. Poll, 71% of people say accurate reporting of Hunter's laptop would have altered the 2020 election. You're damn right it would have. I can't prove a counterfactual, that's obvious, but I can prove uh, based on evidence that there's a strong probability this 2020 election would have been far different if the FBI wouldn't have been involved trying to protect Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. The numbers are right there. You can read them for yourself. It's no longer a question anymore, folks. That's why that story in the beginning about Twitter being corrupted and potentially hijacked by this deep state thing is so critical right now. What are they doing for the 2024 election? I wanted to end with this. What was Maxine Waters up to yesterday at this uh, FTX, the crypto bro hearing? So Samuel Bankman-Fried, who ran FTX, is now uh, locked up in the Bahamas. You know about the fraud. He ran a company called FTX. According to the allegations, Sintel proven guilty. We understand that. I'm an actual constitutionalist. But having said that, the allegations are that Bankman Freed and other people at FDX embezzled money from people who deposited their crypto there and just used it. That, I mean, that came out yesterday, on, uh, you know, under oath with the new CEO. He's just saying that, listen, it's a simple embezzlement. They took your money and spent it, period. The interesting part about this case is Samuel Bankman Freed, who ran FTX's crypto company, was an enormous donor to Democrats. Was Maxine Waters one of them? How deep does their relationship go? Because it's strange how Maxine Waters, as they were getting knee-deep in this hearing, tried to shut the hearing down. And another congressman was having none of it. Listen to this. The closing statements from ranking member McHenry and myself. Uh, and I'd like to thank you, Mr. John Ray III. Chairwoman Waters. Presence here today. Chairwoman Waters. I've not had an opportunity to testify or to question the witness. Uh, I'd like to um, thank you for your presence. Chairwoman Waters. And for the Parliamentary inquiry. Yes. Are all members entitled to question witnesses? You are. And if you would like to miss the votes on the floor for everybody. Hey, it's the chairwoman's moment. prerogative to call just a recess. One moment, please. That's your decision, not mine. Just one moment, please. You may go right ahead. And have five minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. You're certainly welcome, sir. Again, Joe, just kind of <laughs> weird, right? How Samuel Bankman freed the day before he's supposed to testify. Yeah. Big Democratic donor gets locked up. Maxine Waters tries to shut the hearing down. Am I saying that it's all intentional? No. Am I telling you that it's weird? Damn right it's weird. It's weird. Here's Maxine Waters. Uh, hat tip uh, Ian Meals Chong on this one. Uh, He's found this one. Here's Maxine Waters. Watch this on Rumble. It's pretty cool. Sure. 
Here's Maxine Waters at the end of a hearing blowing a kiss to Samuel Bankman Fried a while ago. Check this one. <laughs> so, so strange, right? So strange. Yeah. Isn't that great? Uh, so how bad was it over at FTX? So John Ray III, who's the new CEO, is doing a cleanup operation over there now, is up on Capitol Hill testifying. And he's asked a question by this Republican lawmaker about just how bad the FTX scandal was about what they were doing with their clients' money. I want you to listen to this. It's only about 40 seconds. This is a multi-billion dollar company using QuickBooks. Listen, QuickBooks, this guy said, it's great. It's a great software for small businesses, even mid-sized businesses. But QuickBooks for a billion dollar company, and they were sharing receipts on Slack channels? Listen to how bad this really was. And most importantly, when you listen to this, Keep in mind, the guy running this company was a Democrat donor. Are you telling me that as he was donating to Democrats, nobody knew this billion-dollar company had almost no internal controls at all, according to the allegations? Come on. Listen to this. You have compared FTX as worse than Enron. Can you please elaborate on some of the specific ways FTX is worse than one of the largest corporate frauds in history? The, the FTX group is unusual in the sense that, you know, I've done probably a, a dozen large, you know, scale bankruptcies over my career, including Enron, of course. Uh, every one of those entities had some financial problem or another. Uh, they have some characteristics that are in common. Uh, this one is unusual, and it's unusual in the sense that Literally, you know, there's no record keeping whatsoever. It's the absence of record keeping. Employees would communicate, you know, invoicing and expenses on on Slack, which is, you know, essentially a, a you know a way of communicating right. for chat rooms. Uh, they use QuickBooks, a multi-billion dollar company using QuickBooks. QuickBooks? QuickBooks. Uh, nothing against QuickBooks. Very nice tool. Just not for a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, there's no independent board, right? We we had one person really controlling this. Uh, no independent board. That's highly unusual in a size company this is. You will never see a bigger indictment of big government than this, ever. You're telling me, supposedly, but the Democrats' view of collectivism, right? That government should run your lives because they're smarter than you and you all are idiots? You're telling me that they were blowing kisses to this company while this company was up to this? Nobody knew they were using QuickBooks. Nobody knew they had no, in, uh, no, no board oversight. Nobody knew this. Come on, they knew. Just enjoyed the money. Put your faith in government at your own peril. Folks, one last thing. Again, here's Elon tweeting back again uh, to the Hodge twins who said, Elon, let me guess, you found messages between Fauci pushing for censorship and Twitter, right? Elon Musk tweets back a trophy. Stay tuned. Don't miss the show this week. I know it's the holidays, but there's a lot going on. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe to the podcast. I would really appreciate it. It is on Apple, on Spotify, and at rumble.com slash Bongino. It helps keep us on the charts. It is free. It means a lot to me. Thanks again, and I'll see you back on the show here tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.